Well, this is a little bit different, isn't it, today? Welcome to each and every one of you. So glad that you could join us. If you are visiting with, with us today, I want you to know that this is not normal for us. This is not normally what our church services look like. Usually, we are indoors for the entire service. But today, we are gathering outside of the walls of our church building for a couple of reasons. And I just want to share two of them with you this morning. Uh, the first reason is simply be- because the church cannot be contained within a building. The church is not a building. The church is a people. She is the bride of Christ. We, together, are the church. We are the bride of Christ. And so today, uh, this is an object lesson to help remind ourselves of who we are. And we're going to participate in this very over-the-top demonstration because we all know this and we believe it. And, and of course, we use this as a symbol today, but we are the church. Uh, it's not the building, but we, it's us. It's the people. It's the people that God has called to live a certain way. In fact, we've been in the midst of a sermon series uh, at this point in our, in our uh, church life where we've been talking about 10 words. 10 words that help us to love our neighbors as ourselves, And uh, these words all come from the Bible. And today, the word that we're focusing on comes out of the New Testament, and it's the word for church. And the Greek word is ekklesia. And we come back to the, uh, we'll come back to that word here in just a minute, but uh, very basically, I want to let you know that the origins of this word uh, is, is very simple. It's very straightforward. Uh, the, the word ecclesia is a compound word. It, it's two words pushed together. And it, it, the first word is ek, which is a preposition that means out. And the second word is a verb that means kaleo. Uh, the, the, the Greek word is kaleo, and it means to be called. So literally, the word for church means called out. And that's a pretty good reminder of who the church is and who we should be. We are the ones who have been called out by God. We've been called out to live distinctly, called out to bring hope to the world, called out to share the love that Jesus has with others. We've been called out by the God who has created us to be and who is redeeming us and restoring us uh, even as we meet together this very morning. Okay, so that's the first reason. We are the church. The church is not a building. And so we are called out. And so literally today, we have called you out of the walls of the church building to be the church, to worship our God. The second reason that we're meeting outside today is because we have a beautiful neighborhood right here around us. Beautiful neighborhood. We're right across the street from Titsi Park. And we want to be known by love within this neighborhood. And in order to be known by love, first of all, we need to be known. And so people need to be able to see us. And so uh, we want people to see us today. We want to be visible. We want to be present in our community. And so this is a very simple step that we can take for our community to be able to see us this morning, that we are people who worship, that we are people who care a lot about this God and about worshiping this God, and that we believe seriously in the call that God has placed on our lives to live as Christ lived. Okay, so all that to say, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being present with us. Thank you for worshiping our God with us this morning. And uh, today our goal is to be a visible source of love to our neighbors. And so we're going to be here worshiping here in just a little while. We're going to have a meal together. And, uh, and this meal is for us, but it's also just for anybody uh, who happens to walk by and say, wow, they're having a meal. I wonder if I can join. And the answer, of course, is yes, uh, because we want to be known by love in our community. And that means anybody is welcome. So our word for today, the word that we've been focusing on, uh, we've been in this series about 10 words, and the word for today is the word ecclesia. And like I said, that word means to be called out. In fact, it's really a word that was used all over the ancient world. It was not uh, distinctly a Christian word. It becomes a Christian word, but originally it was a word that was used everywhere. Uh, Eventually, uh, we know that now it has become a word that uh, not only defines an entire group of people, Uh, But it defines uh, uh, the course of history, that the church has changed the course of history for 2,000 years. This is a hefty word. It's a word that has lasting power. It's It's a word that we've used for over two millennia now. 
uh, to talk about how God is calling us out to act and live in the world. Now, in our world, to be called is perhaps something uh, different than what we mean when we say that God has called us. Uh, we have telephones in our world, right? And we can easily pick up those telephones and we can call somebody. We can, we can uh, place a call, we can dial their phone number, and we can call somebody. But this word, ecclesia, is more powerful than just being able to reach somebody. Today, what I want us to consider, what, what I want us to think about, is how powerful this word is and what it means for us to be the church, that we, in fact, are called. So today we're going to ask the question, what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to follow the commandments of Jesus? Because this is what God has asked us to do, to love God and to love our neighbors. And those are the commandments of Jesus. And so what does it mean to be called to do that very thing? And today, since we are sitting outside together, uh, we are uh, sitting at tables with one another, perhaps you're even facing uh, somebody in this community, you're sitting across from them, you can see their face today, I would be remiss, I would, I would, uh, I would be uh, foolish to not take advantage of this opportunity for all of our voices to be heard together. So what I want to ask you to do is I'm going to give you about two or three minutes, and what I want you to do is to share in a conversation at your tables and, and, and to simply talk about what is it that sets the church apart as called. That's, that's the question. What, what is it that makes us different? Why are we called by God to, to live the way that we've been called to live? And so uh, you can talk about what we can do uh, or what helps us to understand this. You can talk about this from any perspective that you think, but sh- share for two or three minutes. Uh, everyone at your table who wants to, hop right in and join that conversation. And uh, if, if you don't want to join the conversation, then just listen. Practice listening to the person sitting across from you or beside you and, and just hear what they have to say and you can think about that together today. I'm going to give you about two or three minutes and then I'll pull this back all together. Okay, so at your tables, uh, maybe you were able to share a story or, or to share an idea together about what it means to be the church. I hope that you had a meaningful conversation over these past couple of minutes. And I imagine that those stories included things like to be called to be the church means that we need to be compassionate and loving to one another. That when somebody has something going on in their life that we need to be there, that we need to be compassionate, we need to, to be loving. It might have uh, included things like that we need to take physical, spiritual, and emotional care of one another. That we all have physical, spiritual, and emotional needs. And to be the church means that we need to, to be present in all of those areas in one another's life. Perhaps it included things like what we're doing today to share in the worship of our God together. Uh, there could be any number of things that you guys talked about at your tables. And I hope that each one of you had an opportunity uh, to, to talk about how the church has changed you, how it helps you, how it helps you to grow closer into the image of Jesus. I know that there are stories all around for, from people uh, who have been here for a long time, from people who have just uh, been here for a few, uh, maybe even just this is your first time, and you have seen in your life ways that the church, what it means to be called by God, has changed who you are. Uh, it, what it means for us to be the church. We are people who have our foundation, our identity in Christ. And it means that we have to love one another well. The, the church couldn't exist if we couldn't get along, right? And, and I'm not saying that we always agree on things. I'm not saying that, we, that there's never any disagreements or, or, or difficulties. But what it means to be the church is to be loving. That the church is this community of people who have been changed to the point that we love one another the way that Christ has loved us. And I want to show you that here in just a second from one of the stories that we're going to read in Scripture. Because in, to be the church, to live distinctively, means that we need to be like Christ. And Christ was loving, and Christ was constantly seeking out ways to bring others into community with him. He was looking for ways to live in love, to live in hope, to live in joy, to bring love, hope, and joy to the people around him. And that's why people constantly came to him. They were drawn to him because he knew what it meant to live distinctly. 
He knew what it meant to be called by God to live a certain way. And so today, when we talk about ecclesia, uh, Jesus gets us started. He shows us how to do this. And I want to read one of the stories where he talks about this very thing, where he, where he in fact, uh, kind of gives Peter and the disciples, he, he gives them a command and says, it's time for you to start being the church. Peter, you're going to start this whole thing off. And so I want to read this passage of scripture for us today. And so if you've got a Bible, feel free to turn over to the Gospel of Matthew. It's the very first book in the New Testament. And uh, turn over to chapter 16. And we're going to start reading in Matthew 16 in verse 13. Okay, once you've gotten there, we'll read together. So starting in verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Jesus said, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything that you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven. Anything you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. Peter gives this amazing confession of who Jesus is. And it, and it leads Jesus to respond by saying that upon that confession, the church will be built up. And, and here in that, in that verse, verse 18, where he says, Upon you, Peter, the rock, I will build my church. Uh, that word for church there is that word, ecclesia. Peter has been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And in fact, Jesus says that heaven is invading earth through Peter and through the disciples. That whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever is fastened on earth will be fastened in heaven. That heaven and earth are coming together as one through these disciples, through this community that is going to be built called the church. That heaven and earth are joining together in one. Where before there may have been separation or confusion or differences, now the church is bringing heaven and earth together. What the church begins is what Jesus has begun. What the church continues is what Jesus has already done, is to change the world is to bring the world back into community, communion with God. And by the way, uh, what the church, what Jesus pronounces here about the church has been true for, mo for all of human history. The church has positively changed this world so that what Jesus once prayed has come true and still is coming true, that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very early on, uh, when the church is getting started, uh, there are children being exposed all over the Roman Empire. And Christians, it was the Christians who saw these unwanted children, these uncared for children. And it was the Christians who adopted them and brought them into their homes and provided for them. When the sick and dying were abandoned all throughout human history, it was the Christians who stayed behind, even when they were in danger of contracting the same illnesses and diseases. And it was the Christians who cared for the sick and dying. There's a significant reason, you guys, why hospitals and universities are associated with Christianity and famous Christians all throughout history. It's because it was the Christians who founded these places, these institutions, that sought the well-being of all people. And of course, I don't want to gloss over, Christians, of course, aren't perfect. We've had a, a, a difficult history. There's been plenty of things that I wish hadn't taken place all in the name of God. But what I want to focus on this morning is that the confession that Peter gives, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, has led this world to be profoundly changed. 
What does it mean to be the church? It means that we are called out by God to live a distinctive kind of life, a life that looks like the life of Jesus, a life that can change people's lives and, in fact, can change this very world. Later in the New Testament, Paul is going to write about how this can possibly come to be. And so uh, in places like 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, he talks about the body of Christ. And when he talks about the body of Christ, he's talking about the church. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 and 28, he says this. He says, you are the body of Christ, and you are parts of each other. In the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, the ability to help others, leadership skills, different kinds of tongues. On and on, Paul goes. He's talking about all the gifts that the church can bring into this world, the ability to help people the ability to be there for people, the ability to change people's lives, to provide miracles, healing, uh, the ability to simply help somebody, to lead other people, all these different things. Paul says that we've been given all of these gifts so that we can be the tangible body of Christ in this world from now all throughout history. What What was true then when Jesus said it, what was true when Paul reflected on it, is still true today. The body of Christ has been raised from the dead, and church, we are that body. You are that body, and you are alive. You are the body of Christ living in this world. What does it mean to be the church? This ecclesia. It means that we are people who are called by God to live as Christ lived. And so here in just a few moments, church, we're going to celebrate and remember this. Because Jesus shared his body, and he shared his blood with us, so that we could be united with God. He did this through a loving sacrifice for our lives. And so today, once more, uh, we are at tables with one another. We are at tables. And we're going to share this meal now. Uh, e- even though there will be a, a, a meal for lunch here in just a little bit, we're going to share this meal, this very incredibly important meal that reminds us of who we are, of who God has called us to be, of who Christ has made it possible for us to be. So at our tables, we're going to have some bread. And we're going to have some juice. And these represent the body and blood of Christ. And what I'm going to ask you to do is at your tables to spend a few minutes discussing together how this meal can and does change your life. What we'll do is we'll, we'll spend some time, everybody at the table who wants to can participate in the conversation, simply talk about this communion meal, what it means to you to be a part of the body of Christ. Maybe you'll want to talk about why and how you are amazed at God's love, that he would sacrifice his life for us. Maybe you want to talk about how much you are reminded of how Jesus has changed this world for the better. Maybe you want to talk about how uh, uh, you are simply grateful for what God has done for you. There could be any number of things that you talk about at your tables together. But we're going to give you a few minutes and share together at these tables why the body and blood of Jesus that we remember in this communion meal are so important. And again, if you don't feel comfortable sharing, then simply listen. Listen to the words of those at your table. And once everyone's had a chance to share, I'll come back and lead us in prayer so that we can share this meal together, so that we can eat the bread and drink the cup. And while we do this, would you please remember, as you share, that Jesus has shared his body with you, that God has called you out in this world to live distinctly. Let's prepare for our communion time. Please share at your tables.